You're listening to Storytime with a Muggo. Today, I've got Southwestern Chapter 9, titled Bittersweet Victory. Before I get into that, I just wanted to, uh, basically, I just wanted to apologize, because last time I uh, recorded something, Chapter 8, um, it sounded like I was on, like, 6 Ambien and hadn't slept in nine nine weeks. Like, I was exhausted, and it definitely came across in the audio, audio quality, so uh, my bad. Uh, I'm going to do better this time. So I'm going to bring the energy and be a little bit uh, a little more upbeat because uh, you deserve that. Good listener. All right. Southwestern chapter nine, bittersweet victory. Let's go. Saturday night, Ricky and I sat on the back patio at the house in Bosque Farms. We just wrapped up our first week selling books door to door. The week itself had been fun in some ways and miserable in others. Either way, I was exhausted. The next day, we'd drive up to Albuquerque to meet up with Andrew and the rest of the sellers. This would happen weekly from here on out. So, what'd you end up with this week? Ricky asked. We both had our slogs, our selling logs, in front of us. I thumbed through the week and counted, but I already knew what I'd done. Looks like eight soft sales. You? I didn't want to talk about the fact that I, had just, that I hadn't closed the deal on anyone that first week. Soft sales were just that, a soft commitment where someone would say, yeah, I'll buy, but then they'd defer payment until the end of the, mu- end of the summer when the books are delivered. Giving the option to defer payment is always a last-ditch effort to secure some sort of sale, but it was only to be used the second before you felt a definitive no coming. The reason being the conversion rate on soft sales was pretty low. Of the eight that I got that first week, it was likely maybe only one or two would actually buy a book. Conversely, a hard sale meant that you got payment up front. Duh. For me, hard sales had been quite elusive that first week. Anyway, Ricky looked through his slog, although I'm pretty sure he already knew what he'd done too. I've got uh, five soft sales and three hard sales. He was grinning, despite the fact that he'd worked around 65 hours that first week and netted no more than $100 worth of profit. Well, it was better than what I'd done, though. I started to wonder if I was doing something wrong. Remember Dan, something rather? Remember how he told me I was going to sell a ton of books because, you know, smiles and all? But after the first week, I had nothing substantial to show for it. I wondered about some of the other kids at the sales conference strewn about the country. How were they doing? Was it this hard for everyone, or just for me? The next morning, we pulled into the parking lot at a park in Albuquerque for our weekly meetup with Andrew and everybody else. It was good to see everyone again. The last time I'd seen everyone, we all had dollar signs in our eyes and enough energy to last until next summer. Today, I could once again feel the excitement, the optimism. I truly felt like I hadn't seen these people in a month. Maybe even stranger was that I felt like I'd known these people for years. They felt like family. About an hour later, after Andrew had met individually with all 16 sellers, he gathered everyone for a quick staff meeting. He gave us the news from the other regions, other divisions, even other colleges. And then after looking at all the macro events, he dug into the details from our group. The top seller of the week was... My good buddy Travis, with 13 hard sales and 8 soft. We all cheered and clapped. He'd basically done better than 2 hard sales per day. It was pretty impressive, and with him being my best friend, I was really happy for him. But then I thought about it again. 13 hard sales, 
and eight soft. I had eight soft sales only. Ugh. My heart sank into my stomach. Maybe I wasn't cut out for this. From my conversations with everyone else, I was pretty sure I was the only one to not book a hard sale that week. Here, I thought I was going to be the best seller in the bunch, with the truth of the matter being that I couldn't even land a single real sale. It was certainly a shot at my ego, an uppercut on my pride. But I was determined to get a sale, a real cash-in-hand sale. On Tuesday of the next week, it finally happened. Monday had been another tough day, though. No one answering doors, no one giving me more than 30 seconds to explain what I was doing, and definitely no one looking to buy what I was selling. Andrew called Monday evening to check in on me, and when he heard about my day, he decided to switch things up a little, sending me to another part of town. His sense was that I was simply trying to sell in the wrong part of town. Tuesday morning, after dropping a $5 bill on the table for my coffee and oatmeal, I left the diner and headed east rather than south. 20 minutes later, I landed in a housing development that simply didn't look like it belonged. All the houses looked like they'd been built within the past five years. The neighborhood was clean. The roads were new and well-kept. And the lawns were full of luscious grass. It looked like an entire subdivision had been plucked out of Cary, North Carolina and dropped into the outskirts of Los Lunas, New Mexico. It was one of those fabled rich neighborhoods. But I remembered what Andrew had said about saving the rich neighborhoods for later in the summer and decided to cross the street to another subdivision, one that looked just a rung or two lower on the wealth ladder. Around 9.30 that morning, just as the sun was really starting to heat up, I knocked on a bright yellow door, took two steps back, turned to face the neighbor's house, and tried to look impressive. The door swung open quickly. A girl, maybe eight or nine, nine or ten years old, looked at me for a few seconds before turning around and just walking away, leaving the door wide open. I heard her call out to somebody, and a few seconds later, an elderly woman came to the door. Within the first two sentences of introducing myself, I could tell she wasn't following me. Ma'am, do you speak English? She shook her head, confirming my hunch. Luckily, the little girl came to my rescue. Hi, Mr. Sam. She said politely, I can translate. So, I continued. The sales pitch is fairly succinct, but I pared it down to even more just to make sure the girl could communicate effectively what I was there to do. A couple minutes later, they invited me in to sit down. In the living room, I was able to pull out the books and give demonstrations, pointing out all the wonderful tools and features of each book. I'd won over the girl in a matter of minutes. Then, it just became a matter of convincing her abuela. Luckily for me, I didn't have to. The girl turned to her grandmother after seeing a section on math skills in the demo book and started pleading. Grandma, she was toast in a matter of seconds. But then I had to talk about the cost. Upon, re woo, upon revealing the selling price of each of the iterations of the book set, Grandma looked at her granddaughter with the, sorry kid, but no way, look. Well, that's it, I told myself. On to the next one. But instead, the girl started bargaining with her grandmother. Grandma wasn't budging. I sat quietly while the two of them went back and forth for what seemed like six hours. It was probably only closer to four or five minutes. Eventually, Grandma left the room, and the girl got a huge smile on her face. 
I could hear Grandma on the phone with someone in the other room. She's calling my brother Juan, the girl explained. He works at the car shop about five minutes away. He's the one that makes all the decisions. She flashed another huge grin, almost as if she knew she was going to get what she wanted. Her brother must have adored her. Sure enough, a man just a few older than me... Woo, if you're... Wow, let's try that once again. Sure enough, a man just a few years older than me came through the front door and greeted me warmly. He introduced himself quickly and we all sat down. It was apparent to me that he'd come home on his break from work and had to make a quick decision. I gave an even more condensed version of the pitch, ending with the cost. Juan sort of cocked his head to the side and stared wistfully at the demo book. He glanced over at his baby sister, no doubt a huge part of his life, and then back to the book. Lucy, he said, would you actually use this? Yes, she screamed. Yes, yes, of course I will. Please, Juan, please. Well, Juan thought for a few, another few seconds, and I could see he still wasn't convinced. This isn't going to be like those piano lessons I paid for, right, Lucy? I worked overtime for two months so you could take that piano class, and you wanted to quit after the second time. Is that going to happen here again? No, Juan, I promise. I love these books. I'll read them every single day. Again, Juan wasn't sold. I couldn't tell whether it was the books or the idea that his baby sister would ditch them again after a week's time. It seemed a precedent had been set. I had Juan on the hook. Well, I guess Lucy had Juan on the hook. But I needed one last thing to reel him in completely. The real nice thing about Lucy being so young right now, I said, is that you'll get the full benefit of these books. They're designed to sort of grow with the kids. I flip back to the end of the book. If you look in the back here, there are all sorts of advanced math and science concepts laid out and explained. And there are even some college prep type resources, too, if that's something she'd be interested in someday. Juan's eyes got big for a second. He was leaning forward with his elbows on his knees and his left hand propped up his chin. He was thinking hard. Another second and he stared quietly, nodding at his head, nodding his head. Lucy, he said after standing up, you promise you'll study these books? Yes, I promise, I promise, I promise. Juan turned to me and smiled. Okay, we'll take the set. I'm not sure an actual word was used, just squeals. Lucy tackled her big brother onto the couch and showered him with hugs and kisses. It was truly, truly one of the sweetest moments I've ever witnessed, and I couldn't stop smiling. Juan disappeared into another room and returned with his checkbook. The process of filling out the order for the books, collecting the check, etc., took another few minutes. During that time, Juan explained their family dynamic. Evidently, Juan and Lucy's parents had been killed in a car accident only a handful of years before. He was 18 when it happened, and Lucy was only 4. Their dad had some life insurance through work, which they used to buy the house that they were living in now. And Juan had asked his grandmother to quit her job as a cook to come and be Lucy's full-time caretaker, while Juan worked two jobs, or three depending on the time of year, to support the family. By the time I got everything situated, I felt like I knew everything about Juan and his sweet little family. I knew I'd already taken up too much of his time, and I could tell he was antsy to get out the door and back to work. I thanked them for their business, and they thanked me for coming. The door closed behind me, and I allowed myself a heavily subdued fist bump. I knew I should act like I'd been here before, but getting that first sale under my belt was a huge, huge weight lifted off my shoulders. Now, I didn't sell anything the rest of the day, and I was totally fine with that. 
As I walked house to house, I replayed in my mind the conversations with Lucy and her grandmother and Juan. I performed a sort of self-assessment and came to the conclusion that I'd absolutely rock that sale. I got through the sales pitch succinctly. I was able to adapt to the audience, despite not speaking the same language as one of the parties. And maybe most importantly, when doubt crept up in Juan's mind, I was able to give him the perfect nudge to close the deal. Final assessment, I sold the hell out of some books. It felt good. I kept thinking about it, over and over. I wanted to leverage what I'd said and did to the other prospective buyers. As I was driving home for the night, I turned the radio off and started talking aloud to myself, once again reliving the conversations. I got a kick out of how hard I had tried to get that sale, especially since I thought the grandma was going to shoot me down immediately. These books will grow with Lucy, I said aloud, laughing. Please, one, please, I said in a high-pitched voice, suddenly realizing my window was rolled down and other folks at the stoplight could probably thought it was nuts. This won't be like those piano lessons, right? Back at the house, I went through my slog and made sure that I'd recorded everything properly. I took one more look at Juan's check before putting it in the deposit envelope and stashing it away. $300, I thought to myself, for books. Sheesh. In the next two seconds, my mind rehashed everything Juan had said about his parents, about his grandmother, and about his two, and sometimes three, jobs. I remembered him asking his sister if this time would be different, unlike those piano lessons. Exactly one second later, I decided that was exactly what was going to happen. In essence, Juan had just flushed a month's worth of overtime pay down the toilet. I leaned back into the couch cushions, suddenly aware that my stomach was in knots. Oh no. This was Chapter 9 of Southwestern. Um, I hope you enjoyed this one. Like I said, it's going to start getting a little bit uh, a little more serious. Um, I'm going to start kind of hashing out some of the lessons that I learned on this trip. A lot of this has been set up till now, and uh, now I'm going to start knocking y'all out. So come back next week for Chapter 10. Uh, it's going to get even better. So thank you for listening. Um, if you enjoy the story, if you've liked what you've heard, uh, please you know feel free to, to share this with other people. Um, you can get this on uh, any of the podcast mediums. Uh, and while you're there, go ahead and uh, subscribe, rate, and review, um, as that's evidently important for other people to find this. So thank you guys very much. Um, looking forward to next week. All right. Blue Diamond. <laughs>